you made me think of something with reference that is another thing that I had to get out of the habit of, which was when you're starting out, or I can't say you, when I was starting out, um, (laughs) I was trying to act as a cartoon, if that makes Uh, sense. So like Mm -hmm. if I'm grabbing a cup, I wouldn't just grab the cup. I'd be, I'm going to grab this cup. (laughs) Of course. Very deliberate. Anticipation. Yeah. More like a puppeteer. You're puppeting your body. Yeah, exactly. So instead of doing that, like turning that part off and go like, just do it mm. right. And then figure out yeah. how to exaggerate or caricature yeah. as, as the artist afterwards, yeah. Yeah. you're going to be more in the truth of the moment. And I think yeah. that's just so valuable. Well, that segues perfectly to my next question, which, cause you mentioned a couple, you've used the word filter a number of times, which I found, think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Cause when you think about a filter, I mean, it comes from that, that particular, well, there's lots of different filters, but when I think of filters in this kind of context, I'm thinking about filters you put in front of a lens, right? Something that modifies in some way, something that would be normally right in front of the camera. And I think that's a really, really interesting and very, very um, straightforward way to think about animation, especially when you, when, when you couple it with what you just said, if you could start with the truth of the moment, the performance, and then add filters in front of that, you're actually kind of making your life a lot easier rather than trying to get it all right there in front of the camera. Let's get the truth. Let's make sure that the performance makes sense. And the truth, of course, some of the checklist would have, I'm sure you have your own checklist, like what makes something truthful. Like you said, a couple of things like subtext and all these other very, very important qualities. I think you're probably measuring in real time automatically. Um, and then if, and then if afterwards you can then pl- apply filters, but I'm wondering in your mind, what does that, what does that look like? What, what is, what does the filtering process look like if say, for instance, you're working at blue sky and they're pushing the boundary a little bit on sort of like that kind of Warner brothers esque looking timing, mm-hmm. like, um, how, what, what is your, what does your process usually look like? Um, as soon if you say you're working on a project like that and you're trying, you've already got a good performance, you found a really good one. Now you want to layer up all these other things. What kind of, what kind of things go through your mind at that point? I'm wondering. Yeah. I mean, I think at that point it becomes about design. It's, it's mm. design of motion and design <clears throat> of poses, you know? So it's like, okay, I have the truth of what the acting needs to be. And this is, let's say it's a more serious acting moment, but you still need to fit within a cartoony style. Then you're like, okay, stylistically the show has strong shape changes, strong line of actions, very pushed expressions. Okay, so now I I started going through like, okay, my shot, let's say I've got an expression where I'm bored. I'm just, this is my bored face, whatever it is. And then like, okay, I need to push that board. Okay, well, like if I was to draw this, if I was to be a caricature artist, how would they Mm. exaggerate things within my expression to make it bored? you know, really bored to then be like the half-lidded eyes, the brows, whatever the things are doing, you know? And so for me, it's like going like that filter. It's like, what is the style filter of the show? Mm. Then now let me go through my performance and go like, just for myself, like I know that this is me trying to be bored. This is me being happy. This is me being excited, whatever. Cool. This is how it came out. Like this, the unique asymmetry of whatever happened when I did it. How can I push that to Mm. support the style, support the rhythms, you know, that's when all the like 2D drawing principles come out of like, you know, your line of actions, your straights versus yeah. curves, simplicity versus complexity, you know, readability, you know, silhouette, like those type of things. You start putting them through each of those checklists of going like, okay, line of action. Is this a strong line of action? What if I pushed it more? And so sometimes for me, that'll be just like, I have my pose, my golden poses, I'll have my pose and go to the very next frame that's empty because I'll start in steps a lot of time. And I'll just be like, how can I push that pose? I'll try to push it. I'll go to the next room. How could I push that pose? Try it. Okay. Then I compare. I frame through those three, four poses and go like, which is actually the most appealing? Which is pushed too far? And then when I find the one I want, I just replace 
the main pose with that and then continue down to the next thing. Um, I think that's generally how I do most things. Cause like, you know, very often in animation, you're not even animating a human. It might be a anthropomorphized animal, you know, or something like that. So you're like, cool. I made this sneer face, but now I've got a character with a snout. Mm -hmm. How do I translate that feeling onto this snouted character? You know? So I think naturally we all do it to some extent, you know, there's just no other way around it. Um, yeah. And so I sense. think it's just, it's just layering those on. And I think it's just, it, you know, I think a lot of my animation style has evolved to be stepped pose to pose and transition to spline and go like, you know, moving on from there. But I think in the beginning I was taught more of a layered animation style, you know, where you like, you just start at the root, make that right. Everything's good. Mm. Then you move up the chain, make that right. Yeah. Everything's good in the head. And so my splining process still kind of lives in that world. So I think my mind still kind of works in a layering way too. So if you see a lot of my shots, uh, there's a progression in quality. Uh, I assume <laughs> this is what I see as it progresses, like as it goes. It's some animators like their poses they hit in blocking are their final poses, and they just put more poses in between them, and then the shot <laughs> is done. That that's not me. Mine is always an evolution till the end. So it's like it'll look a little bit more rudimentary and just refine and refine and refine. And so I think that's that same layered approach and my mindset works into how I filter things onto it for style. It'll be like checklist of things, you know, it's, it's strong line of action. It's pushed expressions. Did I do that? Okay. Can I do it more? Okay. All right. Move on to the next thing. And then just cycling through it again and again, getting feedback from other people where they go, yeah, that's too pushed or nah, it doesn't feel like the style of this show. And you like mm -hmm. learn and then you dial in a little bit better on the next shot, you know, as you're starting out. Um, uh, I'm curious, yeah. usually do you, do you show your reference to the director or you keep mm. it for yourself and you present the blocking instead? I often don't show my reference to the directors unless it's something that's just going to be too time consuming to block out. And it's just, mm. we're not, I don't have extreme confidence in the idea <laughs> and it would be a multi-day thing to block out, but a two minute mm. conversation, if I just show the reference, then I'll show the reference. Like, I have no issue with showing reference. Like I'm not embarrassed by it. I know it's part of the process. It's just, I'd rather be more representative of what they're actually going to see because things evolve away from the reference. Yeah. Mm -hmm.